WXME AM 780 Monticello Holton Presque County, this is the Aroostook Watch and Radio Show. I'm going to be live on the Constitutional Radio Network, the Conscience of Maine on 780 AM, Superstation WXME out of Monticello, Maine, and the world on this crazy internet. Don't forget, you need to support the radio, the thing with tubes and an antenna. Without that, when they shut this, uh, when they shut Al Gore's internet down, we're not going to have any way to communicate. We're going to need to support Alan Weiner and this great radio station. We've got an AM side, an FM side, and short wave. Even if you're not supporting our show directly, you need to do some advertising on WBCQ. Or WXME. They're running some pretty good programming. And so you can get an ad in there. Or you could just send the station 20 bucks and say, thanks for keeping the radio on. It's a free speech radio. Not beholden to any government. Not subject to a lot of crazy stuff. And Alan will keep this thing going, even when things get rough. He's always done it. I trust he'll continue. So that's the little spiel that I do from now on. When Al Gore's Internet is finally gone, when they turn it off or when they just switch to good morning Antichrist, I think uh, we'll all be glad that Alan still can keep this radio station with tubes and antenna and all that running because the internet is going to be a real problem. We'll get into a little bit of that later on. But in the meantime, you can hear the our archives. You can go back and listen to some of the archives. Uh, wait a minute. This thing says it's not being recorded. Doggone. What now? Okay, we're going to take a second here and check, make sure. Oh, no, it's being recorded. Why did it? Good grief. Hmm. Nope, must be working okay. You guys, uh, somebody give me a heads up in the chat room. We've got some folks in the chat room, so I uh, just want to make sure we're, we're doing this. Seems to be going out okay. Somebody say something in the chat room. Uh, maybe not. Okay, let's see. Maybe not. It says recording here. Yep, it's recording. Yep, I can see it. Thanks, Bob. Just as long as we can hear the audio, I guess it's working. So here we go. Okay. Around the world on the Internet at TalkShoe.com, T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E, TalkShoe.com. And you can go in and listen to the archives and uh, pick out different shows. Quite a few of them sitting there all the way back. Six years. Hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. Um, X-Diggers in the chat room, along with Bob and uh, our friend from uh, Great Britain. Uh, say hello, Gary. Hello. hello. Gary. Okay. okay, just want to make sure you were there. Hello. We'll get into some stuff. You can weigh in. Be careful. No personal attacks. Okay, let's see. Let's start with, pull this up here. And as usual, this thing is just being obnoxious. I apologize for the hum in the background. Nothing I can do about it. And what a cheap battery for my laptop, and it died on me, so I've got to be plugged in. And when you're in off-grid mode and you have an inverter, it puts a little noise on the background. So doggone thing, whatever. So that's where we are. And let me get rid of that. 
Out of here? Okay, here we go. Oh, let's see. Where do we start? Let's start with the Bloomin' Park issue. Uh, back on August 23rd, this is a uh, note from Roger Eck. Today, Roxanne Quimby deeded out 86,000 acres to the federal government. It was recorded in the Penobscot Registry of Deeds this morning, August 23rd. It's here. The losses to our economy are huge. The Monopscot Valley watershed has been hit by many economic disasters in the last few decades. One of the county commissioners happened to be in the registry when it happened. Channel 7 has had advance notice, and they had cameras there. Hmm. In order to transfer property, the recipient must agree to receive the property. We're not sure who that is just at the moment, but we know it's the federal government. Um, Steve Martin's response. The federal government has no right to receive it unless it is for a military base, a dock, a port, or post office. Hmm. Guess what? I don't think. Well, there's a possibility that it will be turned over into a military base. Well, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. We'll find out about our constitutional governor, how he handles this. Well, he handled it rather poorly. He simply said that we're going to oppose it. We're going to take it to federal court, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> He's got enough, enough problems going on right now. We'll see what he does with any of it. And then um, the editor of the Fort Fairfield Journal uh, posted this in the same uh, notation. Uh, this is a one-sided, a very one-sided press release and giveaway. And so that's what that is. We'll do a little bit of that. And um, Restore, this is Restore. Restore is the name of the organization. Restore applauds creation of new national monument in the Maine woods. Oh, goody. Restore, the North Woods cheered President Barack Hussein Obama's designation today of a Katahdin Woods and Waters National Monument in the Maine woods as an historic gift to the people of Maine and America. Hmm. I didn't know we needed the president to do anything to do something for the people's dirt in Maine. Hmm. Something's wrong with that picture right off the bat. The group said this year is especially appropriate because it marks not only the centennial of the National Park Service, but also the founding of Maine's only other national monument, which subsequently became Acadia National Park. The new national monument contains features of geologic blah, 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 blah. The Penobscot Branch has qualified as a national wild and scenic river, uh, you know, on and on and on. So basically what they're looking at is mainland giveaway to benefit the globalists depopulation, and rewilding agenda. So, here we go. What happens? How is this going to work? Well, let me give you a little bit of insight. Here's a letter written to one of the committee, the committee chairman of the chairman of the to the Honorable Rob Bishop, House of Representatives. Reference. Include search material to be included in official reference. June 1st, 2016, titled Elevating Local Voices and Promoting Transparency for a Potential Monument Designation in Maine. So that's, the, that's the reference. This this letter and all the accompanying documentation, some 200 pages, was sent by a group here in Maine to the committee and entered into the official record. Dear Representative Bishop, thank you for holding the above reference hearing. Please accept my following research work and make it part of the official hearing record. For the most part, this research is from federal government records. In summary, a reasonable person will conclude that the Quimby families 
end game is to have the North Woods Monument. Listen here, folks. This is how it works. Be designated a United Nations World Heritage Site. They simply have the six busloads of local environmentalists that attended the National Park Director Jonathan Jarvis's hearing in Orono, Maine, nominate the monument to become a World Heritage Site. Over 68% of the land in our national parks, preserves, and monuments have been designated as United Nations World Heritage Sites, Biosphere Reserves, or both. The World Heritage Committee could declare this monument to be in danger. Listen very carefully. They are so good at this. The World Heritage Committee, this is a UN function, could declare that this monument so designated by Barry Sertoro that this monument now could be in danger if any development is planned near it which would allow the World Heritage Committee to expand the monument's buffer zone like they tried to do at Yellowstone National Park in the 1990s. At Yellowstone, they attempted to enlarge a 2.2 million acres designated by Congress to have a a 14 to 16 million acre buffer zone. You realize the the significance of that? Hmm. In this case, they will be after the northern Maine woods, 3.2 million acres already gated and open to the public. This private land, mostly owned by 23 large landowners, has 450 campsites open to the public. The link to this wonderful organization is northernmainwoods.org. If your committee studies this operation, you will see a national park or monument is not needed. This group is a perfect example of how private enterprise and public recreation has worked very well for decades. These owners or real mainers do not need any government to come in and wreck their well-run organization. Hmm. World heritage sites are managed by people from around the world who represent different cultures, and often they are from totalitarian regimes that do not have American values or ideals. America only gets one vote for the 50 states where real small countries get their one vote. Congress does not have any oversight control over land designated as Gary, got to mute you. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody in chat. All that extra face was needed for Yogi. Yes, Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear. He needed that. Yep. He needed some uh, some space to uh, rumble. Oh no, that's that's Ferguson. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's Missouri or Baltimore. Where the uh, mayor said that. The, the folks needed some room to destroy. Yeah. Brother. Anyway, so you're getting the picture here. Okay, so how's this going to work? How's this work? Hmm. All you got to do is find some little critter that's not being well managed. And then what? All you have to have is somebody with some private property near the monument. And, oh, there was a rumor that there was some development being planned which could endanger the monument status. The World Heritage Committee comes in. There's a movement in the uh, folks that they have in their back pocket. The World Heritage Site looks at this and declares it to be in danger. So then they can start 
taking 3.2 up to 3.2 million acres around the park. And oh, then they can start the rewilding. So they'll, they can put some of those giant genetically modified wolves in there and uh, reestablish the correct flora and fauna in our main woods. Hmm. Um, the, some of the interesting parts from this on um, the Fort Fairfield Journal, uh, Dave Duchesne, the author and editor and publisher and owner and all-around good guy, uh, the recent donation of over 87,000 acres of private land around the Baxter State Park area by Roxanne Quimby to the United States government is set to benefit the United Nations Agenda 21 Population Control and Deindustrialization Program immensely. Ah, Agenda 21 seeks to rewild the United States by placing up to 90% of rural land off limits to human habitation and development in order to return the land back to the condition it was prior to settlement. Uh, I.e., that means we got to get rid of the human parasites infesting the earth. Let that, let that sink in just a minute. Wow. Not good. Not good. The, uh, under the deal... When we deemed the land the U.S. government, Gary Sotero signed it. It becomes a national monument. Yep. And then the land giveaway was not authorized by the consent of the Maine legislature. The land is not going to be used for the purposes of American military bases. It could, in fact, it could, in fact, be used as a training ground for UN operations. That's a rep. That's a stretch. But it's not out of the question. We've got, we've got to make these people obey the law. This is why some of us were so frustrated when we didn't get as much support as we should have if the people really understood the remonstrance process that we were doing. These are the kind of things that should never be allowed to gain any traction, but there are holes in the function of our constitutional authority, of our constitutional mandates, the constitutions being limits on government there have been multiple, multiple holes put into what was a very good constitution for Maine. And then there are these weird, convoluted, word gymnastic interpretations of federal law. I mean, this is, this is pretty clear in accordance with since the Antiquities Act is not in accordance with the U.S. Constitution as it violates Article 1, Section 8, Clause 5, it is to be considered null and void. That's the Antiquities Act. Where's the other one? Where's the wording of the other one? Article 1, Section 8, clearly states that Congress, not the President, shall have the power to exercise exclusive jurisdiction in all cases whatsoever over places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be, or the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings. Hmm. They stretch that to a monument site which will end up being given to the United Nations for whatever clandestine purposes they have. So, I'm going to unmute Gary in just a second so I can get to the thing. Okay, Gary, unmute. 
throw your uh, two cents into this one. I know you're ditching to do it. Where'd you go? Okay. Well, uh, one thing it is, it's a shame that we only have such few interested people out of 34 uh, on the list. This is America. We're Americans. And we we need to take care of our interests here. Uh, This was Great Northern Paper Company land. Very economically well balanced for for Maine, the people of Maine, the heritage of families who enjoyed the work on those lands, which I am one of them. I'm, I'm I I grew up there, and that property was literally stolen back in the eighties by government who operated unconstitutionally and outside their man, uh, mandates, but they weren't even government, we know today. And, but see, that's where, we gotta, that's where we got to stay, Gary. We have to stay with they broke the law, they abused the law, and the people didn't know enough to say, no, you can't do that. And you and I and Bill and Wayne and Dottie and Lise and... Roger and all of us have gone into the Augusta arena, and every time we've done this, we have stymied them because we are not asking for anything for us or our personal agendas, only that they obey the law or amend it, and we're trying not to to hold them accountable so they will not ignore it. And Rightfully so, they say, how many are you? If we had the support... But I got, I got a piece to say about that, how many are you. When you look at the Declaration of Independence, we're one people. That's not a body of people. We're free and independent people. One people. You know, I mean, it's... When... What I've studied here, and it's being used by example, as they're working at it out west, is it doesn't take a body of people. It takes law. It, it takes, takes perception. No, it, it, it doesn't. You're, you're correct. That the letter of the law, what you're saying is correct. The problem is the perception isn't there. And for us to have... Had we been able to legitimately say, we have 10 plus thousand people that are absolutely behind your enforcement of your correct interpretation and reading of the constitutional law for Maine, that would have gotten the attention it needed. We could not do that because... There was very little support. There was a lot of there was a lot of backslapping. Oh, good, you guys are doing a great job. But people wouldn't put their names on it. People wouldn't show up in support. We're glad you guys are doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys take the heat, and we'll be right behind you. Yeah, about a mile. I listened to a man. I listened to a man Wednesday night just on the DHS issues, who has grown in knowledge of this law, and he brought home home more than 100 100 kids from DHS now in the process of prosecuting judges that the law, I believe it's 302, 18 U.S.C., at the minimum of their violation... 10 years in prison. You're talking, about, you're talking about Child Protective Services, Department of Health and Human Services type things, not Department of Homeland Security. Uh, it's still all violation of their constitutional duties of oath. That's what's locking them up. And that's, 
it's a miss miss uh prison of uh miss prison of uh felony and miss prison of treason yep and they violated it you proved it well the thing is these corporations are violating it and they are by being a corporation operating here in the state of Maine, they are bound to the Constitution because the people ordain and establish Maine. Actually, it's the state of Maine because we're a state, but it's a small s when you look into the statutes at large. We're Maine. We're not no state of Maine. What we have running is a public service corporation called the State of Maine, all capitalized. That actually is a defunct corporation that has no authority to be even working at what it's working for. And this is what the discovery is. And uh, when you can take them, because they are a public service corporation, supposed to be operating for Maine or for the, the United States of America, which is a union of states. It's not even an organization. You look at it right in the Maine Revised Statute. I mean, no, the Statute's Lodge. Maine is accepted into the Union of States. And that is like a club of nations that is keeping us organized as the United States of America. That is the foundation that we work by. We work by fact. It takes a few people to put this together. Slow down. Slow down. What you're getting at is law. The people perceive this as being a country or a nation. In fact, it's a union of several sovereign states. Correct. And most people, I'm sorry to say, most people do not have a clue what that concept entails. Because they violated us by not indoctrinating children into thinking uh, this false history, the false government, and then it's supported in uh, when uh, uh, J.P. Morgan purchased uh, 24 uh, newspapers across this nation that started it. When we got TV, those are all owned by the same corporations because they wait, didn't allow free television. No, wait, 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 wait. They weren't originally. Originally, yeah. they were. When you look at Walter Cronkite, he was working for them. We're, we're the, finding this history. There were the, the broadcast companies were private corporations that ended up being part of a huge monopoly. But they started out as independent corporations. And that's where we've lost it. Corporations, as you said correctly, corporations had an obligation to be beneficial to the incorporating state. Uh, No, to the state. Uh, to Maine actually operating here within the boundaries. Their obligations are to the people. And if they violate the rights of the people, if they do not work in the benefit of the people, then the people can dissolve that con- that corporation. That's original. Yes, that's original, yes. And if it was still that way, we could theoretically dissolve many of these corporations that are operating this corptocracy. But it's going well, now, to be... Now we're, well, first of all, now we're in the position of suing these corporations because they're no longer American. They're under the jurisdiction of the United Nations. They're under the jurisdiction of... Well, I, I think... I, I don't know what happened over in Britain, whether the same thing happened there to, the, to, as to our corporation here. But uh, they're foreigners. They're not Americans. They're working deception. They're violating 
the people of this nation. And it doesn't take too many people if you can if if you can have a court, and that court can be raised right here in this county and prosecute them. I'm waiting to see how successful they are in the face of all this of Colorado. And I shouldn't even say that I don't want to go too far down that road right now because we have to see what they do, what their success is. But where this conversation should be is to apprise anyone that's going to pick up this recording and understand that the slippery slope was the destruction behind the scenes by the union, and that was with Mike uh, uh, Queerboy there. Michel. Uh, Michel. He was the steward of the the uh, the union, working for them, and they also yep. worked with the. And I know the people there. Some of them good friends. That they were enticed to believe that this evil great dog was abusing the people when actually they was probably one of the best corporations on, uh, at least in America. What they did for the people, they educated me. They made sure we had good, non-federalized education. They taught us real sciences and real history. They taught us real English. They taught us how to read. I benefited from that. I can read a paragraph, and then I can change that into my own head and discern what the author of that paragraph was trying to tell me as I read it. And that was, you don't get that in a federalized education. That's why most of the people are mine now, because they never taught, were taught as a kid to read and comprehend, to take and read something and put it in your own words, not, okay. not copy yep. the words that they told you. You well, had to find different words to describe what that said. Okay. Well, this is the type of education Great Northern provided us when we lived okay. So they yeah. actually were yeah. training. Stop you. Okay. Why can't we make them obey the law? Why can't we make the states, the legislature, enforce the law that says that the towns must provide for a public education at their own expense. Why? Well, we can't. We just got to know well, what if we the can't law is. Because you, if they violate their oath, they no longer even qualify. The U.S.C. codes, 18 U.S.C., not all of them, 18 U.S.C., which is our protectors, they put those together and there must have been some good patriots inside Congress in those days to make sure that that law, those set of laws was enacted into the statute of uh, the statute at large, which is law that was not repugnant to the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, and the Constitution for the United States of America. And they are pure penalties. If they violate that in any state, because that's the, that's the laws of all the states, we all the states agreed that we were going to abide by this Constitution for the United States of America, not all. And they, those statutes say they do not qualify to ever be in public office again under a violation of their own. But, but you're not providing a solution. And there is yeah, the solution one. is it's, to prosecute. But you don't, there's, okay, we're not going to go down that road. I'm not going there any further on that road tonight because. Okay, but anyways, where I was headed was to inform people first that it was the people behind this government system who wanted to destroy our abilities to free rights to work by destroying the companies we work for. <laughs> Great Northern was one. The first one was the Nakusa uh, merger 
And however, the men of the Great Northern, they they got sold a bill of goods. They thought they was merging into something. And that, that merger was owned by the bankers. Well, I think we're trying to get all the way back. This is going to go all the way back to the conversation that we're all familiar with when Benjamin Franklin came out of the Continental Congress and was asked, what form of government have you given us, Dr. Franklin? His response... The Republic. No. And here's yes and no. Let Let me throw this at you. I think that he was saying that day not what we assume it to be that we have to work to keep it. It's going to be our responsibility. I think he was saying that behind him, behind the doors that he had just came out of, there were people already working to subvert the Constitution. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. If you you read the piece that I sent to the whole group about the Rothschild's history, we actually fought them for the Revolutionary War with their high mercenaries, not real British. They were the ones that discovered that we printed our own money non-debt based, and it was going to throw a wrench into their coffers for what they were yes. doing in Europe. It was huge. I was going to get to an article on that. Maybe we'll do that right now. Um, there's an interesting article. Ah, actually, you told me about this site, Millennium Report. Um, on the $100 bill. Pretty remarkable what they're doing here. Um, they're phasing this baby out. They're, look, they're playing some pretty interesting games with the, uh, with the currency. Looks like they're going to... They've already made, it looks like, this $100 bills. And I'm sure you've all seen them. Yeah. The, the left side is the old... Federal Reserve note, the new side is the redeemable coupon. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. All the security stuff is on the new side, and the new side now contains the the legal tender declaration, which used to be on the left side, but it's not on the Federal Reserve side any longer. Just just pretty interesting stuff. It's interesting. Um, Franklin, this is just a whole article on Franklin. It goes down that Franklin was a diplomat to England and France, and his wisdom in fiat currency manipulation fared well in the colonies, while England's commerce was stagnant through the currency shortage. The tax stamp, the tea tax, other English intrusions into colonial commercial matters led to a rebellion that was also a battle against central banking based upon gold, silver-backed fiat currency. Franklin could see that repaying the interest debt on the issue of fiat currency would continually need new notes issued to match the need of commerce, but would never be able to be paid, and the system would enslave those caught in the trap. Here we are. Isn't it amazing? All the way back then, he had it figured out. Frank, uh, Thomas, uh, Jefferson said, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that would grow up around them will deprive the people of all their property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. Think about that in re- relation to current events. Current events. Yeah, over 100 years ago. Yeah, listen, listen. I've, I've been in contact with a, one of our senators, former senator, because I realized that he had probably been in the Senate right around the time that the people's referendum process was put into effect. And I was correct. And I got this statement. As a former Maine senator... Hayes Cahagan was a strong advocate for a representative form of government 
and is on the record for consistently opposing its counterfeit administrative form of government characterized by policymaking in legislative function by unelected appointees and administrators in the executive branch, which is a violation of the constitutional balance and separation of powers. This, I was asking about the, if he had been involved in the debate over this citizen's initiative. And let me tell you, let me show you a little bit about what this came down to. Number one, the U.S. and Maine Constitution provide a democracy within a republic. A republic is characterized by the rule of law and the balance and separation of powers between legislative, executive, and judicial functions. The rule of law is intended to protect the rights of the individual citizen from the majority, a.k.a. mob action. In a pure, direct democracy, 51% of the vote simultaneously establishes a legislative, executive, and judicial mandate. There is no balance and separation of powers. There is no due process. The rights of the individual are not protected. That's where we are, folks. That's where we are on all of these ballot initiatives. We cannot have the discussion of which ballot initiatives are good or bad. The process is flawed, and it must be repealed if we're going to be able to have any success in restoring the Republican name. We have got to destroy this thing. It is a huge snake eating us alive one bite at a time. There are five ballot referendums on the November on this ballot on this November ballot. One of them is a wage wage and price controls um, minimum wage a minimum wage uh, bill referendum. Now go back to what we were just talking about with where the heck did I have it There it is. Go back to what we were just talking about. The American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation. The banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all property. It's happening in front of our eyes. Part of it is this kind of people's referendum is not our form of government. It is mob rule. How many people are going to vote in the affirmative for a raise in the emotional minimum wage. Right. They vote for their own largesse. Yes. Exactly what Bastia said was going to happen. Exactly. Here we are. Just okay. the law, you know. Now, another, another referendum issue is the tax on the prosperous. A referendum question on the main ballot this November will ask Mainers if they want to increase the taxes on those terrible, horrible neighbors of theirs who are making more than 200000 a year. Ah, so those rotten people, those producers, those hard workers, they're making 200000 a year. We're going to take 3% of their money. Isn't democracy wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? And how many people that are making under $200,000 in Maine are going to say, that's not right. We shouldn't do that. No, they're going to just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get those, get those rich, rich people. Those, those people, that are, they don't need that much money. We should take that 3% because it's going to be for the children. Oh, really? Those rich people that make over two hundred thousand dollars. Well, we need more welfare, you know. So well, we no, this is welfare for schools, but this is welfare for the schools. The tax is modeled after the old old line communist redistribution of wealth scheme to force the rich to fund schools in poorer communities so they can keep up with the more affluent communities in Maine. That critical gain in revenue 
is needed if children in Fort Fairfield want the same public school opportunity as children in Cape Elizabeth, said Felicia Knight from the Knight Canny Group, an organization helping to promote the tax increase. I got news for you. I'll bet you dollars to donuts that Felicia Knight, the head of the Canny Group, makes over 200000 bucks, Or just under. Just under. Maybe. The reality is that education for K-12 is simply more expensive than it once was. And a strong K-12 foundation is needed to launch students into post-secondary education or training. Real good, lady. Fort Fairfield School System currently enjoys a $6 million annual budget for around 500 students. A cost of about $12,000 a year to provide a very minimally functional education. Many private and Christian schools provide the same or higher level of education services or a fraction of the cost. As for the rich being forced to stay in Maine to pay the tax, Ms. Knight is not worried about any out-migration as a result of the tax increase. Of course, there is no mandate under any circumstances for people to stay or leave Maine. And it's our belief that more people will stay in and come to Maine if it is known to have a superior public education system in all communities, not just those that can afford it. See? So they're gonna, we're going to argue the merits of this. The majority can take away, can, can hold a gun to the head of the folks that make over 200000 and say, just because you make more than this limit, we're going to take 3% of your money. What's to say that next year they, they, they lower that threshold to, well, it's only 180000 But if you're making 180000 you should pay that 3% too. And then 150000 Wait a minute. If they can do it, if 51% of the population can vote away the rights of the 49%, it's over, folks. It's just absolutely over. We have to get rid of this process that is antithetical to our guaranteed Republican form of government. I don't know how to get this into the mainstream so people start to comprehend. We absolutely have to get rid of this, this nightmare. The other processes in the in the the, the, the um, people's referendum process, the ballot initiatives that are coming due. There's the the, the the stupid tax. There's the minimum wage. There's the universal background checks. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, there's five. But they are all. Being for uh, ranked choice voting. What's the other one? Anyway, these things are all funded by some groups or organizations all outside of Maine, even though they have a local initiator, completely controlled, influenced, prepared for by outside influences. This universal background check, referendum number three, Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, has committed, he's apparently already spent some $2 million in me, going to spend, willing to spend up to $5 million to get universal background checks in me. Is that because he's selling universal background check um, software, hardware? Uh, is it because he's going to make some money? No. This is agenda-driven, people. And if you don't understand how this slippery slope was begun in, 70, in 1976, you need to pay attention to this. 
This guy, anybody, I don't care who it is, Bloomberg, Fred Clemkevittlehopper, Rupert Murdoch, George Soros, any of them can come into Maine because of our, our sparse population and our huge land area, land mass. We don't communicate as well as some of the other more compact states. They can come in here with unlimited resources, find some organization that wants to promote some agenda. They fund them, help them, make it all happen. All they got to do is have their bank of lawyers write it up. The Secretary of State is going to authorize it because it meets the parameters of this screwed up constitutional amendment, Section 18. It gets on the ballot. They can spend full cool amounts of money promoting it, supporting it, and propagandizing even into the schools. And you're done. It's gone. We have lost our guaranteed form of government. And people still think it all works just fine. It doesn't. This thing must be repealed. It absolutely must be repealed. The U.S. and Maine constitutions constitute representative form of government. We are a government of the people, by the people, for the people, through our elected representatives. The direct initiative essentially bypasses constitutional representative form of government and causes an imbalance in the balance and separation of powers, resulting in loss of individual liberty, energy, expended in direct initiatives would be better employed recruiting and electing good men and women to serve our republic in elective office. This may include initiating the repeal of Section 18. Yes, that's what we need to do. We're expending our energy, our time, our resources, fighting these ballot initiatives every stinking year, and they just... They laugh when they lose. When we beat them, they laugh because we, they know we have exhausted our resources and they just come back the next go-around, next year, two years. It doesn't matter. They have the long process agenda. They don't care because they will come back. We will be exhausted spiritually, emotionally, financially, and they just come back and do it again. And they eventually will win because the process is flawed. You get it? Please, please, please pay attention. Engage in this conversation with your neighbors. This is absolutely critical. We have lost our Republican form of government. It was argued against back in 76, but it passed through. And it's been gradually being usurped and abused all these years until we get to this point where they're going to steal from the producers and give to the towns. Every town meeting. I go to these I go to our town meeting and I go to other town meetings that I have some reason to be there so that I can justify putting my two cents in and I read the law governing public school funding from the Constitution, and I do not vote because I will, and I make the statement that I cannot vote on this because it could be an accessory to a felony when you're voting against the Constitution of Maine. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, thanks. All in favor? I opposed, um, and it goes through. You've got to draw a line in the sand, folks. Where is, oh, I got, that was the other one I want. On that same note, you want to know why we're in trouble? Really? Everything's bigger in Texas. The record-setting budget for a new high school football stadium 
what do you think they're going to spend on a football stadium for a high school? $70 million. Who's paying for that? I'm telling you, folks, this is the kind of thing that's insane. Voters in McKinney approved a $63.5 million stadium, but just three months later, uh, 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 they had to tack on an additional $6.5 million because it wasn't, it wasn't going to be able to be done for that price. $70 million. bucks. We're visionaries. McKinney Independent School District Superintendent Rick McDonald told the Dallas Morning News after 63% of local voters passed a $220 million bond issue to fund the stadium and other district improvements. And we believe we have a vision for McKinney that will propel us forward for a long time. Visionaries? Excuse me? Jefferson is a visionary. Edison is a visionary. These people are nuts. $220 million bond issue to fund the stadium and other district improvements. How much of that is going to be written off by the federal government? That's you, folks. They're going to steal it from you. All taxes are theft. They're going to steal it from you. When are we going to stop it? When are we going to stop it? Uh, Gary, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, anonymous hackers shut down Rothschild's Bank of England. <laughs> the anonymous campaign against the corrupt global banking cartel, Opelkaris, shut down the banks, has gone into overdrive as 20 Rothschild-owned central banks, including the Bank of England and the Bank of France, were taken offline. I have it by some reliable authority that uh, this is true. The hacking collective identified the global finance system as the power behind the throne of the new world order and issued a global call to arms to fight the corrupt global financial system that is enslaving us. Their first victim was a central bank in Greece with several key Rothschild central banks that were previously considered untouchable were subsequently taken offline as well, including U.S. Federal Reserve Bank of Boston, the Bank of England, and the Bank of France. I thought that was kind of fascinating. Hmm. The anonymous, their, their press release said the banks would be getting away with murder, fraud, conspiracy, war profiteering, money laundering, the terrorists and drug cartels have put millions of people out in the street without food or shelter and have successfully brought our governments to help keep us, bought our governments to help keep us silenced. We represent the voices of the voices. We are united to make a stand. Apparently what they did was through their fancy computer hacking abilities, they took the banks offline only for a few minutes and put them right back on. They were just showing them that they could stop the banks. And it's got the banks really nervous. Hmm. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and I tried to verify that to whatever small extent I could. And I, I just uh, made a few made a few inquiries, and it appears as though that this is true. So, yeah, pretty interesting. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. We got to get moving along. We're just about out of time. I only got to just a just a small amount of this stuff I want to do. I didn't even get to Finnegan or. The Black Panthers that declared war saying all white people should watch out. Hmm. But that's not racist. Oh, goodness. No, that's not racist. I'm racist. They're the good guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. We got things some upside down and backwards, don't we? Stand by, folks, as we transition over to the Northern Mainland Man on the Constitutional Radio Network, Conscience of Maine. Roger Eck, the Northern Mainland Man, coming right up behind us here in just a second. We are listener-supported, to whatever degree that is. We can use some help. We just barely keep her going. Like I said at the beginning, at the outset of the show, we definitely, whether you support us or not, you definitely need to support the station, the owners. You've got to keep the station on the air. 
Whether whether you listen to everything on the internet or not, we've got to keep the radio station on the air. It's important. Pay attention. Support the folks that do support us. I got a relationship with the folks in Bangor at the Natural Living Center. I get to hang out there once in a while, help people make some better decisions for their health and wellness. It's a great place. It's on Longview Drive in Bangor, and the number is 207-990-2646, 207-990-2646, Natural Living Center, huge health food store on Longview Drive in Bangor. Great, great supplement department. Everything from soup to nuts in the bulk department, groceries, fresh produce, grows, and all kinds of neat stuff. Stop in, say hello. Tell them you heard about it on the radio. Thanks for doing that. And in Caribou, John Caven. John Caven sells the perfect vacuum and services the rest. John Caven, countywide vacuum. Got all kinds of stuff. He will put things in a bag, bag of bags in a bag, and stick them in the mail and send them to any place in the country. Give him a call, 207. 492-1492-207-492-1492. John Cavan, Countywide Vacuum. Have a great day, folks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the radio. Bye-bye. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle. <laughs>